us be attentive. O Lord, save your people and bless your inheritance. To you, O Lord, have I cried, O my God. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, it is the God who said, Let light shine out of the darkness who has shone in our hearts to give light to the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen, earthen vessels to show that the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith as he had who wrote, I believed and so I spoke. We too believed and so we speak, knowing that he who raised Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. He is summarized. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. And with your to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. The Lord said, as you wish that man would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you'll be sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the ungrateful and the, self and the selfish. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Peace be to you, the reader who proclaims the Gospel.
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may have noticed a familiar voice and a familiar face we haven't seen for a couple weeks. Welcome back, Deacon. Uh, he and his wife went on a wonderful trip. You can ask them about it in a little bit. But uh, they did go down to the Monastery of the Life-Giving Spring in California, and they also went to Yosemite, which I think was your first time, right? To Yosemite? In many years. I wanted to talk a little bit about Yosemite. You see, Yosemite is a place that's very close to me. I'm sure many of you have been to Yosemite. And if you haven't, you've seen pictures. Who hasn't seen a picture of Yosemite? If you're a Mac user, then you had a picture of Yosemite on your computer when you got the update with the new operating system. So Yosemite is one of those places everyone knows. It's also a place that was in my backyard growing up. I grew up in Modesto, and I would go up to Yosemite all the time, go hiking in Yosemite Valley, hike most of the trails out of there, and all the different wilderness that's around Yosemite. At the center of Yosemite Valley, and at the center of most of the photos of Yosemite Valley, is Half Dome. Again, most of you probably know what Half Dome is. Even if you've never been there, you know what it is. It's this massive dome created by God as a wonder for all of us. And somewhere centuries ago, thousands of years ago, ice came through and cut it in half. So it's half of a dome. And it stands there, this massive face, this huge arch. And on the backside is a dome. And I used to hike that in my younger years, many times. Uh, but the hike is very grueling indeed. You hike 17 miles round trip. You go up 4,800 feet, almost a mile in elevation. To give you some perspective, it's longer than hiking down to the bottom of Grand Canyon and back up again. And the hike has hundreds, probably over a thousand stairs. You also go by beautiful waterfalls like Vernal Falls, Yosemite Falls. You walk miles and miles and then when you get up to the dome, there's a quarter dome that has more stairs up to it to get to the saddle between the quarter dome and the half dome. And then once you get up to the half dome, all that's left is a totally open rock face that curves, arches upward, and there are cables on two sides and these two by fours every 10 feet or so. You climb yourself up by following the cables. I did it many times when I was young. I haven't done it in many years, but it's a hike that has great meaning to me. Now you might be wondering, why am I describing all about this hike? I want you to get a sense of what it's like so you can feel like you've been on the hike. Standing at the very top of Half Dome, you can look down a nearly 2,000 foot straight face, look 360 degrees around and see everything around you. So it feels like you've been on the hike, right? Not quite. Could you say that now you've been on the hike? No? What if I showed you lots of pictures from my trips? Then you could say you've been on the hike. What if you went all the way to Yosemite Valley, you sat in the valley, you looked up at Half Dome, and maybe you even hiked a little ways up the trail? Could you then say that you've been to the top of Half Dome? No, you can't. You can't say you've been to the top of Half Dome until you've been to the top of Half Dome. That's a very obvious statement, isn't it? But see, I'm talking so much about this because in our Christian life, it's much the same. 
You see, in hiking, I may have had experience with hiking half done, but in the spiritual life, I'm just at the beginning of the trail. Just at the beginning of the trail. Many of us might feel like we're at the beginning of the trail. And yet sometimes we have this sense as Christians that we're up at the top. We're doing what good Christians do. We go to church, we try to say our prayers, we try to fast. We don't do really horrible bad things. We try to do good things. And we convince ourselves that we're at the top already. We're there. You know, we've reached that plateau. And this is something that is predominant in our entire society around us. That Christianity is this thing. You do these couple of things, and then you're there. You're at the top of Half Dome. You're at the heights. And yet we have that nagging feeling that we're not. We're not. Or maybe we think that we are, which is even worse. You see, the Christian life is a long and arduous hike. We do know this. And we see this when we read a gospel like today. Because the gospel today is one of those gospels where we go, that's pretty high up. Did we hear the gospel today? Love your enemies. Do good. Not to the people that do good to you only, but the people that do bad to you. Do good to them. And then lend expecting nothing in return. As far as I know, that's not lending. That's a gift. Right? This is what Christ has asked of us. To love our enemies. How many of us can say, yes, I fully do that every day of my life. No problem. I'm there. I'm at the top of Half Dome. Just in case you might think that you're there, I have a quote from St. Cosmas et Tolos. Now, St. Cosmas was a wonderful saint. He lived a couple of centuries ago under the uh, Turkish Ottoman occupation or, or uh, the empire, the, the Ottoman Empire. And under the empire, the Christians at this point in time weren't permitted to get together and learn about the faith. And they had very few priests, so the priests were traveling around trying to bring the sacraments to the people, but the people were not learning much about their faith. And so St. Cosmas is most well known for going around and having these secret schools where he would teach the people. He would teach the people about the faith. Here's what he says, echoing the gospel today. If a man insults me, kills my father, my mother, my brother, then gouges out my eye, as a Christian it is my duty to forgive him. We who are pious Christians ought to love our enemies and forgive them. We ought to offer them food and drink and entreat God for their souls. And then we should say, My God, I beseech you, forgive me as I have forgiven my enemies. Is that bar high enough? Is that a strenuous enough hike? It is indeed. Our Christian life requires that we see how high the height is. We must know that our goal is extremely high. And that can be very daunting for us. But we can't delude ourselves into thinking, I'm there. I got it figured out. I've checked the boxes and I'm good with God. We cannot let it sit there. It's like someone at the bottom thinking, I'm pretty much at the top. I'm pretty much there. 
You see, that distance between where I am and where I'm aiming is very far. It's very far. Now there's a side note here for those of you who are already very aware of that huge distance between where I am and where I'm aiming. That's okay. It doesn't mean that that's how we should be, but God knows where we're at on the trail. He knows where we're at. He knows we've taken a couple of steps and then we just sat down and took a rest. He knows that. Our problem is that we often don't know that. So when we know that, the point is, we are not the ones that are trying to climb ourselves up the hill. But then at that moment, we're asking God for that. Because there's such a temptation in our Christian lives to be kind of like on autopilot, where there's not that tension. In the epistle reading today, St. Paul says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. The work of climbing that mountain is not our work. It's God's work. Our work is saying, yes, God, help me climb the mountain. And that's very hard work. There's no doubt about that. It's very hard work. But it's as though God is bringing us up the mountain. Another time when I hiked this trail, I, I really wanted my grandmother to see Vernal Falls. And she's in her late 70s. And so my brother and I, we went and brought my grandmother on this trail. And it's a steep, steep trail going up to Vernal Falls. It's only about a mile, but it's a very steep trail. And my grandmother's slowly walking along, and finally we realize, what does she really need? We put our hand on the back of her low back and just push her up the trail. Most of the trail, we're just walking behind her, pushing her up, young kids with the old grandma. This is what God does to us. It's not us who are hiking this hike alone. And that's the danger when we look up at that high peak and we say, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to get there. The point is that we desire to be there. That we desire to be there, not just with our mind, but with our entire being. Our entire heart says, I want to love my enemies. I want to forgive those who do the worst things to me. I want to give to those who are unkind to me. How simple and yet how hard is that? We love giving to people who do good things to us, or who thank us, or who, te- who are, you know, give us something in return. But this is the high calling of Christians. So as we hear this gospel, let us remember that the aim is indeed very high. But that God is there with us, walking us along, pushing us from behind. And our role, our role in all of this is to say, look God, I'm here. I'm here. This is where I am. I'm not up there. I know that I'm not up there. I'm right here. I need your help. I need your help. And this is said most succinctly as, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. So may this be our prayer, and may we, by God's grace, ascend to those heights to be as God desires of us. Because truly, He wants us to be like Him. The Gospel said what? He is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Who's that? That's us. We are the ungrateful and the selfish, and God is kind to us. He is merciful to us, and He desires that we be with Him, that we likewise be merciful, just as our Father is merciful. Amen.